1 Timothy chapter 6. Let's see if we can hit this here. And let's, let's, let's dive into our last point of this study that we've entitled with our theme. Say it with me. All right, now. We don't, we don't, look. Y'all done worship for an hour, so we don't have a lot of time to get y'all stayed up. So come on now, say it like you mean it. We're not going to have no competition. Although this side looks a little bigger today. Y'all ready? Y'all ready over here? All right, folks, say it. Over here. Y'all win, y'all win, y'all win. We got to hurry up and end it fast. I don't know. Everybody say it together. Fight. So here we are in 1 Timothy chapter 6. We, we've talked about it. You got to fight the good fight. You have to purposefully flee certain what? Vices. Number two, properly follow what? Christian virtues. We got to keep it alliterated, right? Purposefully flee certain vices. Practically follow Christian virtues. What are they? What are those virtues? Righteousness. For those of you that are going, oh no, oh no, I wasn't here. This is not fair. It's an open book quiz. It's all in the scripture. All right. We're finding those virtues in verse number 11. Say them with me again. Righteousness. Now, how practically did you follow them this week? Because according to the word of God, Peter says he's given us his divine power. Right. And that divine power allows us to have anything that pertains to life and godliness. So according to Peter, according to the word of God, Holy Ghost lives inside of you. If you followed after righteousness, godliness, all of those things we just talked about, if you truly followed them through the power of the Holy Spirit, then you got some of them this week. Okay? You were more godly this week because you followed after righteousness. And if you didn't follow, if you weren't more godly, you didn't follow it. At least not practically. Right? Follow's got to be more than in word. In word, I've got to follow in deed. Right? Today, we're going to look at number three. Properly fulfill your called vocation. Properly fulfill your called vocation. We we'll talk about that a little bit, right? You got to flee some things. You got to run from some things, right? Now, if you run from something, then you got to run to something. Okay, run from something, run to something. The last one, properly fulfill your called vocation. Here it is. Do your job. Do what you were placed on planet Earth to do. Stop trying to do everything. What what, would we say? Stop doing too much. Do what you've been called to do. I'll tell you what the problem is. The church is trying to do what other people people can do and not what only the church can do okay the church is not Hollywood 
Church is not a nightclub. Church is not a social group. We need about 18 more groups around here at the church. You need to get in here and listen to the word of God. We can do some other stuff. The hope for America is not in social groups. It's in the word of God. We can have those things. They can be, they can be compliments, but they cannot be the main thing. Christians are too busy trying to keep up with the world. Write this down in your notes if you have, if you have them. There's no such thing, no such thing as 2023 Christianity. There's only one kind of Christianity. It's Bible Christianity. We don't keep up with the world. We keep up with Jesus. Let's find out what Paul says to Timothy. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Let the church say amen. Father, bless the reading of your word. Cleanse me of sin. Empty me of self. And fill me with your spirit. Help me be a blessing, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. This is a good fight. I say it's a good fight. It's contention. It is battling and defending and manning our post. The faith, the faith, the faith. The body of belief that we hold dear to is under attack. Now, if the foundations be destroyed, what do we stand on if we don't have doctrine? Let me ask the question again. Because this, see, see, doctrine is the area of preaching that becomes boring. You, you know why we like the songs that Pascal sang? We like songs like that. I like them too. Because they're all songs that get to our emotion. Nothing wrong with that. He's up to something. He's moving mountains. He's making a way. He's healing somebody. Say amen to that. But he ain't doing none of it without doctrine. He can't move a mountain unless he's omnipotent. He can't work it out unless he's omniscient. He can't fix you and me at the same time if we're in two different places unless he's omnipresent. He can't be the God of the Bible unless he's immutable. He can't outlast everybody else unless he's eternal. So ladies and gentlemen, everything that we rejoice in that God does is because of what we believe that God is. So don't let doctrine get so boring to you that you dismiss it and that you come to church for some feel-good nugget. Sing my song, sing my song, sing my... How many of you know by the time you meet the devil on Tuesday, the beat of that song is gone? You need something credible that you can believe, that you can know, that you can claim. The grass withered, the flower faded, but the word of God shall endure forever. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled, fixed, firm, established in heaven and on earth. These are the things that we have to cling to. Therefore, I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be right, and I hate every false way. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Joshua, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy Come on, we don't focus on that much. This book of the law should not depart out of thy mouth. 
What we focus on, thou shalt meditate on it day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thee prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Keep the word of God in your heart. Keep the word of God in your mind. Think about it. Meditate on it. Chew on it. Ponder it. The more you think about it, the more you're going to do it. But Joshua says before he ever says, think about it. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. Listen to me. You would be a better Christian and more successful at living for God if you would spend time every single week speaking out loud the word of God. That's kind of cheesy. I don't really want to be walking around talking the word of God. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. Yeah. And I'll tell you why most Christians are not living victorious lives. Because they're not talking victory. They're talking nonsense. You, you, listen, you want to find something to talk about? Talk about the word of God. And here's what Joshua says. When you Keep it in your mouth, you'll keep it in your mind. You shall meditate there in day and night. I'm not preaching from Joshua, I'm preaching from Timothy. But I could have said, turn your Bibles to wherever. It's all good. We're in 1 Timothy 6. So, properly fulfill your commissioned vocation. I want you to notice some words here. Let's just, let me just focus on this one area and then I'll quit. Look at the terminology. Lay hold on eternal life. <laughs> Explain that. Say amen if you're saved. Let's do some teaching today. Right? If you're saved, I don't have to know where you were, who told you how to get saved, how long your prayer was. I don't have to know how old you were, what state you were in, what church you were attending. I don't even know what the weather was that day, what the temperature was set on in the room. I don't know how, I don't need to know how many people you were around when you got saved. If you are saved and in fact you're going to heaven, listen to me without even talking to you, I know how you got saved. Same way I did. By grace, through faith, not of yourselves, it's the gift of God. Lest any man should boast. God said, I ain't going to let you work your way to salvation or you'll be going around telling everybody how good you are. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. There was nothing I could do that would merit salvation. There was nothing I could do to get to God's standard for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. What is the glory of God? It is perfection to which no man can attain. The only way I can be saved is to go in on someone else's perfection. You see, you can't get into heaven on your own. Somebody got to get you in. And the only somebody that could did, somebody say amen. So I know you got saved. If you got saved, I know how you got saved. You're saved by the grace of God. You're going to heaven. But when you get saved, the Christian life doesn't stop. It just starts. No. I'll give you some, <clears throat> some verses. He that believeth on me hath everlasting life. Everybody say everlasting life. How about this verse? And I give unto them eternal life. They shall never perish, neither shall men pluck them out of my hand. That's in the Bible. He that believeth on me and heareth my words shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. All right. John, 1 John 5. And this is the record 
<laughs> Next time the devil tells you, you ain't no Christian, you're going to hell, and uh, you, you're guilty, what you, I know what you used to be, and you ought to be. Some of you just wallowing around in guilt all week long. I don't know, I'm not what I used to be. Don't try to fight the devil word for word. Show him the record. Who hath believed our report, Isaiah 53? It's reported. It's documented. This is the record that God has given to us. He, he what? Eternal life. And this life is in, this life is in his son. 1 John 5, 11 through 13. It's with the first few verses I show someone after they pray the sinner's prayer. 1 John 5, 11 through 13. This is the record. This is the record. By the way, when you're leading someone to the Lord, they pray, dear Lord, please forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart and save me. I know I'm a sinner. I know I deserve to go to hell. I believe Jesus died, was buried, and rose again. Please save me today. I repent of my sins. In Jesus' name, amen. And they say amen. Don't say, how do you feel? How do you feel? How do you feel? How do you feel good? You feel like you say? Can you feel something going on? Can you feel? Now, they may feel something, but don't tell them. Don't teach them that salvation is instinctive to feelings because tomorrow morning they might not feel that way. You're not saved because of how you feel. You're saved because of the fact of the matter. This is the record that God has given to his eternal life. This life is in his son. He that hath the son hath life. He that hath not the son of God hath not life. 13. These things, what I just said. He that hath the son hath life. He that hath not the son of God hath not life. These things have been written unto you that believe on the name of the son of God. Raise your hand if you believe on the name of the son of God. John said, I wrote it to you that ye may. K-N-O-W. No. Turn to the person beside you and say, I'm glad I know I'm saved. That you may know that you have what? Okay. Everybody listening to what you're saying? Now go to 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. Lay hold on eternal life. Wait a minute, Pastor. You just spent several minutes telling us that the moment we got saved, we already have eternal life. Why do I have to lay hold on it if I already have it? It's a pretty good question then. Pastors that shun good biblical questions do not want their members to be thinkers. So you're not going to offend me by asking a biblical question. Just, just don't get offended when I give you a biblical answer. This is hard for us to grapple with. He that hath the son hath life, eternal life. But now Paul says to Timothy, Lay hold. Come on, grab some. Lay hold on eternal life. He's not telling Timothy, even though you're already saved, in order to stay saved, you got to grab eternal life. How many know that eternal life is intangible? You can't grab it anyway. So write this down, and then you, this is all I'm going to talk about today. It's an eternal perspective. Here's what he's saying. Because you have eternal life, let your perspective be indicative of a believer whose focus is on things that are eternal. Hmm. Lay hold on eternal life. Live for eternal stuff. Oh, yeah. I'm not trying to get in your business. I'm trying to get all up in your business. And I'm telling you, I tell you what's wrong with the Christian life. We are living for mess that won't last. Now, some of us in here have looked over the edge of eternity. 
like, like we were about to f- drop into it. And when you, when you have a little sneak peek at it, if God lets you stay on this side a little bit longer, it changes what's important. I ask you a question today. How much time, energy, effort, and priority did you spend this past week on eternal stuff? Football's fun, but it's not eternal. Come on, help me preach. Shopping's enjoyable, it's not eternal. Where we go out to eat is not eternal. Your pet peeves are not eternal. Your preferences are not eternal. Your wasted time spats over foolishness are not eternal. I'm going to talk more about this next week. I'm going to give you a quote that Holy Spirit gave me. I, I mean, if it's a bad quote, then, then I came up with it. All right. If it's good, give God. Listen, everything good, give God the glory for. Everything bad, take ownership of Everything good about me pastoring, praise the Lord. Everything bad about me is me. That's where it ought to be. Because God can't do bad. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Come up down from the Father of lights. In whom is there no variables, no shadow of turning. I'm glad he's good all the time. Amen. But the Lord said to me, I, was, I guess I was walking this week. I was thinking about perspective. You know, lay hold on eternal life. Eternal life. Get your mind on eternal things. Lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. Stop working so hard for stuff you can't take with you. Stop being so earthly minded. Hmm? That you ain't going to be no heavenly good. You see, we got it mixed up. We say, some people are so heavenly minded, they're so earthly good. It's impossible to be too heavenly minded. I think we're so earthly minded, we, we, we're not any heavenly good. Here's the quote that the Lord worked me on. I've been thinking about it all week. They say, life's short, so live it up. I say, eternity's long, so lay it up. No, no, here, here's life short. Live it up. You better have fun because you ain't going to live forever. No, 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 no. You are going to live forever, forever in eternity. So you better do what, listen, you can't take anything with you when you leave this earth. The only stuff you're going to enjoy in heaven is the stuff you send ahead. So all I can control is me. And that's a challenge. Huh? You're not challenged controlling yourself? Best Christian in the Bible said, I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. I keep under my body. Look it up in the Greek. Literally means I give myself a black eye. Bring it into subjection. I render myself a slave. Paul said, Paul's off the hook. That's what Paul said about Paul. Paul is off the hook. And the only way Paul can act like he's got some sense is for Paul to check himself before Paul wrecks himself. Listen, get in the mirror and stop arguing with people over nonsense and get yourself together. The only one you can control. I've been saying this. You better get used to hearing it. I'm on a mission. I'm on a mission. Whatever I went through a couple years ago changed my life. I'm on a mission. Living with more passion, more urgency than I ever had before. 
Here it is. Here it is. Loving God and loving people. Let's just know. Nothing else matters. Nothing. If it can't fit in one of those categories, quit. Loving God, loving people. Oh, yeah, that kind of sounds a little weird. Let me tell you something. I'll tell you what's weird. What's weird is two men getting married. Two women getting married. What's weird is somebody shucking and jiving and shaking their behind on, on a video. That's weird. What's not weird is saying, I want to love God and love people. It's not weird. We got to start thinking eternity. We, we're, we have allowed the world's culture to cause our minds to adapt so long we don't even realize how unchristian we are. Our thinking, our attitudes, our responses. And we're Einsteins. We know everything about everything. But what we're supposed to be doing. Lay hold on eternal life. You know what that means? There's nothing I can talk to people about that's more important than whether they die and go to hell. You read everything you posted this week and find how, how much of it you posted that was eternity. We post just nonsense. I'm not saying it's all bad. I'm just telling you, we only get to live once. And this week I had Sunday night, these students just got to school, some of them that Sunday afternoon. Some, they had not started school yet. I had Sunday night with this 4,500 or so to 5,000 people in this big auditorium. And then Monday night I had them. And then Tuesday morning I had chapel with them. They had just started classes. And then Wednesday night I had them. And somewhere around 900 or some of them left their seats and knelt down. I preached on one night about Jacob and wrestling with God and getting in God's face, face to face with God. That's when you know you got to be real. Young man came up to me crying. He said, I'm bitter with my friend. I don't want to be bitter. In my mind, I said, I didn't preach on bitterness. I never mentioned it. Something happened in that auditorium. A bunch of students found themselves unbeknownst in the presence of God and the scope of God's holiness put its light on wherever they were wrong. See, that's what's got to happen in an auditorium. The pastor gets behind the pulpit and preaches a sermon. But somewhere in this sermon, the big preacher's got to preach the Holy Ghost. And he starts hitting on stuff I didn't even know to bring up. And you go home praying about something I didn't preach on. But it's okay. You're in God's presence. The Holy Ghost preached on it. Another guy said. He said, everybody keeps telling me, give it to God. Give it to God. Give it to God. You just got to give it to God. You just got to give it to God. He said, I don't even know what that means. 
He said, I thought I gave it to God, but I don't think I gave it to God. And I'm sad that I'm not giving it to God. Everybody says, give it to God. I want to give it to God. I don't know how to give it to God. I said, forget that terminology. Who cares about what you call it? Say, when you tell God, don't tell God, I'm giving it to you. If you don't know what giving to it, say, God, here's what I'm committed to do. Whatever you tell me that I can understand, I'm committed to obey. I'll obey what you told me. And after I do what you told me, God, you title it. He had a big smile on his face. Thank you. Hey, listen, that's thinking eternity. Now, we got, we got work to do. We got to leave up out of here and go to work, go to school. Get on, some of you getting on 95. I mean, that's the closest thing to the devil's hell. planet earth first thing God's going to destroy right John said I saw a new heaven and a new earth right after he destroyed 95 (laughs) that didn't make the cut but I guarantee you John will tell you about it when you get there that is a joke somebody says I add the scripture we have some literal people in Crossroads Baptist Church very literal. I mean, they, they, they take, I mean, your word is exactly what you, they think you mean. So you have to be very careful about literal people. They take you exactly at your word. All right, Christine? <laughs> She'll text me later, Pastor, did John really? <laughs> we got to go out there. Go out in that world. I'm telling you, if you are not on purpose about your Christian life, you will get lost out there like it's where you're going to be forever. We got to start living now like we're going to be then. That's what he means by he says, lay, lay hold on eternal life. When you leave the church today, grab stuff that registers in eternity. And let's do some inventory this week. Let go of stuff that doesn't. Nope. 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 Somebody call you up with gossip this week? No, no. Get out my face. You didn't get caller ID so you can brag about it. You got caller ID so you can know who's calling. Ignore. Tune them out. Tune them out. Refuse to engage in conversations that do not resonate in eternity. Listen, progress in areas that are going to make you better at the judgment seat. We are performing for the wrong report card. We got all A's in worldliness and we got F's in godliness. Lay hold on eternal life. You have inherited eternal life. Now let your spiritual progress be in sync with your eternal destiny. Why? Because if you don't, there is no way on earth you can fight 
the good fight. Everybody say, hmm. Think about it. Our Lord and our God. We got to get on a mission. We've got to get spiritually focused. Help us. All over the building. Pastor, I'm saved. I know it. I've got Bible reasons to prove it. I'm headed to heaven. And I know it. If that's you, would you raise your hand? I'm going to heaven. Saved by grace through faith. All over the building. Hands up nice and high. God bless you. Saved. Put your hands down. Pastor, in this very area, eternal perspective, laying hold on eternal life, living with an eternal perspective, I have work to do. That's all the question. Pastor, eternal perspective, I have work to do. Would you signify that? My soul all over the building. Then, then do it. We've got to do it. Set your affections on things that are above, not on things that are yours. He didn't say fall in love with Jesus. He said love Jesus. Falling in love is something you do on accident. Loving is what you do on purpose. Set your affections. I don't know any better way to make my, to set, to set, to put my mind. I don't know any better way to set my affection on heavenly things than to make the first thing I do every day, walk with God, talk with him in prayer and let him talk with me through his word. I don't know any other better way. Bless you. Bless some of you. Some of you that still have your hands up are, are definitely champions at Simon Says. God bless you. You can put them down. The rest of you would have been the first ones out. We have to set our affections. We're in love with where we put our mind. God help us. Pastor. I'm not sure if I died today, I'd go to heaven, but I'm sure I do not want to go to hell. Please pray for me. I'm not sure if I died today, I'd go to heaven, but I'm sure I do not want to go to hell. I'm not calling your name. I'll embarrass you. I just want to pray for you. Anybody like that? Would you put your hand up? I'm not sure if I died today, I'd go to heaven, but I'm sure I do not want to go to hell. Would you raise your hand? Nobody's looking but our staff and deacons. Anybody? I'm sorry. Here's a hand. God bless you. God bless you for your honesty. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Now I want you to take two minutes and I just want you to think. Let's do some evaluation. Am I living with an eternal perspective? Quit tripping off of stuff that's not worth tripping off of. You're going to listen, you're gonna have to go after some family members that are lost. You, 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 you're going to have to change your mindset. You, you have to revamp your daily itinerary if you really mean you need an eternal perspective. You might have to change who you date. Hmm. Maybe. I don't know. Lay hold on eternal life. 
Isn't that thought provocative? Sure it is. It was for me. Eternal, eternal perspective. Lay hold on it. Lay hold. Grab it, grab it, grab it, grab it. Go, go, go put your hand on stuff that's going to matter long after you stop breathing here. Wow. Lord, thank you for speaking to me. I, 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 I do not want to waste time. I want my calendar to be filled with eternity stuff. My conversations, eternity stuff. My testimony, my, my efforts, my priorities. Now help us to cooperate with the Holy Spirit of God. As you have shined the light on the areas of our lives that, that don't agree with your character, help us not to bow up and get frustrated when our faults get pointed out. Help us, Lord, to realize it's not your job to fit us. It's our job to fit you. Help us. In Jesus' name.